Because that can mean a lot of things, man. Because you could be doing this. You could be like, what's up? Five, five card draw. Cut. Or you could be like, what's up? You spent so much money on your American Express. Skit, skit. You cut the car. <laughs> but either way, regardless of all of that, yeah. we're going to make some money. We're going to take it to the H&M. Welcome to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. Now please welcome to the Internet Airwaves. Really? Internet Airwaves? It's, it's okay, you can just do it. It's just, just say Internet Airwaves, it sounds really cool. Alright, sorry, I'm just... Internet Airwaves. Okay then, please welcome to the Internet Airwaves, your host, Mark Scalia. And welcome to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. It is so good to be back on air. It's just so good. I've been planning to get on this show. Oh my God. I just, the bumper music alone makes me want to do this stuff. Um, So before I get into anything, welcome to Radio Irregardless. This is your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. And my name, of course is Mark Scalia, and joining me live, because we are live, uh, broadcasting through Mixler.com, uh, is Karen, Brendan, Chris, Anthony, and a mystery guest. Uh, we have a lot of guests that bounce back and forth. Some want to remain anonymous, and we allow that to happen, so that's fine. And if you're listening to my website, MarkScalia.com, thank you so much for that. And of course, the the not the new edition, but the other way that you can listen to us, uh, because we're in the past and you'll be listening to us in the future. Uh, you're listening through iTunes uh, that you are don't, you can't listen live. So you're like, you know, just download and I'll take it out. You're like fucking instant. See, I'm instant gratification. Got to listen to it now. That's what I do. And you on demand, fucking people, crazy. Uh, so. Uh, hi, Mark. First time, long time. Yes, my brother is joining us. Uh, did I? I did say. I said Chris, Karen, Brendan, and Anthony, and then the mystery. Yes, I did that. Uh, my brother had a little bit of surgery today. Uh, I'll let him explain to that what he wants to do, and I'm not going to take up a lot of time. But what I am going to do is I'm going to get into the happening now monologue. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? That's when? Just now. We're it now. Now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. Yes, this is the Happening Now monologue where I get to uh, tell you a little bit about what the week uh, has has uh, brought me and what I'm up to and things that have been happening and stuff that's been bothering me. And today is April 8th. Did you know that? Of course you do, because you're, you're listening. And that would be. And did you know what happened? Do you know what happened today? It fucking snowed today. <laughs> it snowed today. Sometimes it snows in April. You've got to be shitting me. No, I am not shitting you. Sometimes <laughs> I feel so bad. Uh, that is uh Sometimes it snows in April by Prince with a little bit of Terminator 3 put in there. <laughs> just fucking had enough. Um, it, of course, it's April, so it's not sticking, but it was like, it was cold. I mean, it is it is cold. It's supposed to get up to maybe 50 or 60 this weekend, but the weather is just, mother nature is just, uh, you know, I hate to sound sexist, but what a bitch. I just, I don't know what to tell you. I just, wow, just mother nature's got it in for us. Yes, no, see, I didn't want to go the period route. Uh, that's just, that's for Anthony to decide. Uh, <laughs> Mother Nature is on bath salts. Uh, there's a lot of male dominance on the board tonight, so I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, it's completely unprofessional, completely unprofessional. But yeah, it's like, you know, and the earth is just, you know, it's fucking crazy. But I, I've been I've been busy with other things. I really have. 
Um, I went and ran errands today. I got I, this is my ritual. I go to uh, I go to uh, uh, I go to the grocery store and uh, I go through the, the you know I don't know if you guys are like me when you find a place that you're comfortable with. If you go somewhere else, it doesn't work as well. Like like I go to Crosby. It's a little supermarket, a uh, little market called Crosby's. And I do. I put my stuff in a little basket. I shop like a little old man. I just and I go up one aisle and then down the other, and up one aisle, down the other. If I go to any other supermarket, if I go to any other supermarket, I'm like, this isn't in the normal space where it's supposed to be. Why is this not where I, I did this? Why is the the bread comes next to this? Doesn't make any sense. I hate. It. I'm not coming to the shop no more. I hate it. I just I turned into that guy. But I went. That's my ritual. So I went and got my oil changed, and I had to get the serpentine belt done, which they'll do that at Jiffy Lope, you know? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. Um, but I, they did it. It was just serpentine belt. You know, it's just bam, 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 and they did it. And then I got my uh, groceries, and then I stopped by the recycling thing, and then I, I got my breakfast at Subway because I love breakfast at Subway. And I, I opened a bag, new bag of Doritos. They have, like, these 3D Doritos <laughs> No, they look they look like puzzle pieces. The big triangles and they're three dimensional. They got like things in it, and they're they're pushing for the Avengers too, which I'll go into that in a little bit from part of the monologue. But and I have my breakfast, and then I come back and I get gas in my car, and I'm all that night park, and I'm haha. That's my ritual. I completely like that. So that's my thing. It, Doritos is the breakfast of champions. I love Doritos. Um, so, but that was my ritual today. Uh, but the past few days, I've been working on something very special. Um, as most of you know, I've uh, I book myself for most of my uh, most of my events, uh, whether it's fundraisers or, or comedy shows or MC gigs or acting gigs. I book everything myself, and I am now after you know it's fifteen years overdue. But you know, I hopefully it'll happen this year. I'm searching for an agent. I'm searching for representation. Um, uh, manager is good. I would like a manager too. And there's a bunch of things I learned about it. Um, managers and agents, uh, manager guides your career, uh, which I can do that shit. Um, agent just gets you, just gets you work. So, um, I'm actually, uh, I think I can actually train somebody to be a manager for me, but I'm kind of doing a lot of research for that. And in that byproduct, um, an old thing that I used to do a long time ago, uh, was, uh, I started a, a entertainment company when I was doing press kits and things like that, and it was called MS Enterprises. So whenever I booked something, uh, my film I made was under MS Enterprises, which kind of went by the wayside for a while. Um, everything kind of went, uh, you know, it kind of shelved. But now that I'm looking for an agent and certain uh, uh, certain finance financial opportunities are available to me now, uh, MS Enterprises is back in the loop. So I think it's going to be super happy about that uh and of course i'm always looking forward and staying up i'm always looking forward to things staying up and i'm trying to kind of do that because uh i want everybody and anybody listens and even if you only listen for a couple minutes uh, you know you download and go this guy's full of shit i don't know what he's talking about just listen for like four minutes that's it that's it I mean, f the whole show is fucking really good, uh, but I'm just trying to inspire. And if you just go, okay, I'm done. I listened to her for 10 minutes. Uh, my wife and I had a 10-minute rule. We'd watch each other movies and movies she didn't like. And she goes, we have a 10-minute rule. You watch for 10 minutes. If you didn't like it, you turn it off. So, but my thing is, um, just stay up. Just stay happy. What's the worst? You know, we started from nothing. We're going to end up with nothing. Don't fight about nothing. That's all I'm saying. And the world is going crazy. They just convicted the uh, uh, the uh, Patriots, uh, the Patriots, the Boston Marathon bomber. He's going to be, I don't know, they zap him or inject him or whatever. They got cops in South and North Carolina just shooting unarmed people. It's the fucking police state we live in. So what you got to do is you got to say, hey, let's keep it clean, motherfuckers that's all let's not start losing our fucking asses because i will be like oh just let it go and my new phrase for the week and you guys feel free to use this because i've copywritten all these things try to be contentious <laughs> keep in mind that contentiousness is contagious just remember that and speaking of contentiousness you fucking assholes uh <laughs> I got an idea. What do you say we play a quick game with me and my lovely listeners? Anyone available to play? Yeah, you can play. What do you say we play? P 
Piano Man. Yes, this is Piano Man, where I play a song, a top 40 song. I don't play it. I play the clip of it. I didn't actually play it. I play a clip of someone playing a top 40 song on piano, and you guys have to guess the song. And it's real quick. Uh, we're only doing three today, and this, this is going to be kind of fun. And, of course, if you get it right, you get a really cool sound that sounds like this. And if you don't get it right, you get... Yeah, yeah, that's what it's about. Here's the first one, ladies and gentlemen. 25 seconds. And if you know it, just type it right in the chat. Oh, this is easy. I got the chorus for you. Swing low, sweet chariot. No, that is incorrect. <laughs> it's funny, though. It's John Legend. No, that is also incorrect. Nobody? I realize you people are on a slight delay for my chatters, but uh, yeah, I, can't, I gotta let it go. I gotta let it go. I gave you a chance. It was uh, anyone? Last minute things? No? Yeah. Uh, here we go. Oh, nobody got it right. It was this song. Probably recognize this song as. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> it's Red Light by Tiesto. Yeah, I told you, I'm trying to be a little, I'm trying to be contentious, <laughs> you fuckers. So, all right, that's one for nobody. Here's the next one. Listeners are just losing his shit. That didn't get it. That didn't get it right sound is from the movie Pretty Woman when he plops her on the her arse from the piano to ever play. <laughs> Nobody. Oh, this one's a little tricky. It's another group that I wouldn't fucking know if they hit me with a car. I just like Tiesto. I don't know Tiesto. And I've heard the song Red Lights. Yes, Phyllis thought it was Ain't It Fun. By Parasite. No, it's Paramore. <laughs> They, they're stealing everybody else's songs, so maybe they are par parasites. <laughs> yes, parasites. Don't blame it on spell check either. <laughs> and I want you to listen to the song. This is how old I am. Now, some of you who are in my demographic may know, but some of you young people won't fucking understand this. That song sounds just like this song. It sounds just like it. just a little faster anybody know this song and please are you shitting me <laughs> anybody yeah this is Tina Marie and it's square biz here we go I'm going to take my headphones off and dance. I just am. Are you shitting me? Are you shitting me, motherfuckers? Everything that comes around goes around and then comes back. And these fucking kids today call it, oh, oh, it's a brand new song. I just wrote. There's nothing like, go fuck your mother. It's the same fucking song it was 25 years ago. You're just too young to remember it, you douche. Because, you, because your mother played it to you in the womb. That's how come you fucking know it. Unbelievable. Let's do the last one. <laughs> Let's get to our guest. Oh crap, I know this. Didn't label it. 
Hideaway. Phyllis got another one. By who? <laughs> if, if I had a hammer. Yeah, if I had a hammer, I'd smash. It's Kelsa, I think her name is. Which, it sounds very different from the piano version. Yeah. <laughs> he failed. <laughs> and ironically, it sounds a lot like this song. <laughs> they all sound the fucking same. Oh, my God in heaven. I don't know what's happening anymore. I just don't. I don't want to be the old guy. I really don't. But Jesus Christmas. It's just... All kinds of stuff. So we're having some fun. So uh, before I get to our guest, actually, we're going to go to our break. Uh, before I get to that, I will tell you this. If you're listening through my website, markscalia.com, or, of course, you're chatting live on mixler.com, if you would like to be a guest or contributor to the show, uh, both <laughs> you know, in the uh, voiceover department or a commercial, legitimate and or otherwise, um, <laughs> you can please, you can email me at radioirregardless at gmail.com. And as always, the hotline is always live. Uh, because it's voicemail and it it's not going anywhere. At 978-219-9294, that is 978-219-9294. And that's at Radio Irregardless at gmail.com. Uh, I started reading the chats. Gmail don't come. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> that would be a completely different email address. Uh, we're, we're going a little over time. But ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna to go to our first. <laughs> we're gonna to go to our first break, and we come back. We have a really, really special guest. Uh, Pamela Ross is coming on the show. Uh, f- fairly new comic, she, like like literally brand new, like hot out of the oven, brand new to the comedy world. But she is a writer as well, so she's been in the business for a little bit. Um, I special like sl- no special like funny and. Because it's got to bring the show up from here. That's all I'm saying. You're listening to Radio Irregardless. We'll be right back. Are you seasonally depressed? If so, CSUN Depressitol may be right for you. Millions are already taking CSUN Depressitol. Some people have had changes in behavior, hostility, agitation, anxiety, anger, constipation, excessive gas, and vomiting. If taking CSUN Depressitol has any of the aforementioned effects, stop taking it immediately. Get on a plane. Yell at strangers. Good luck. It's going to be a long one. I've had many shows, many guests, many listeners. Who am I? I'm... I'm kind of a physician, but not really. I'm getting my bachelor's, but I am radio irregardless. And you're back at Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And joining me via Skype, the aforementioned, very funny, Pamela Ross. Ladies and gentlemen... Give Pamela a round of applause for coming to the show, for braving this this on- onslaught she's about to face. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Hi, Pamela. How are you? I'm I'm doing great, thank you. How are you tonight? I'm I'm good. I'm not drinking. I think next week I'm going to be drinking. Next week the uh, the drinking show, I think. So. Do you usually do these sober? Uh, <laughs> it all depends on my listeners, really. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I actually do them. I have to do them all sober. Uh, because I'm my own producer, which sucks. And I'll be like, I'll, I've done the whole show without bringing a volume up. I'll be like, hey, this is a great show. And I'll be talking to my guests for like three minutes and people start typing in. I can't hear anyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> But we've got you lighting loud, loud and clear, I believe. Um, and my listeners are, are clapping for you. They, they type the word clap, which is great. Uh, so tell my lovely listeners uh, about yourself, Pam. Now, um, you are a young comedian and i mean young in the business and young in general as well um and you're a writer and a in a, and as a writer as well yeah so i've i've been doing stand up around the greater boston area for about a year i've been writing some tv stuff cuz i'd like to break into the industry i'd like to get into tv writing and production 
And um, I also was able to host and produce my first comedy show in Boston in February. So, yeah, I'm still really new to everything, but I've been loving it so far. Nice. Nice. What was the show that you produced in Boston? What's the venue and all that? It was a stand-up showcase with uh you know local talent some of my favorite comics that i've gotten to to know uh so far and it was at a coffee shop called pavement which has a few different uh stores around boston and cambridge and it's actually on the boston university campus uh this particular location because i was a graduate student there at the time i just finished in december and so um yeah, we put together a stand-up showcase in a coffee house, and <laughs> it was actually awesome. The turnout was great. Nice. Um, we got tipped. Everyone was happy to get paid. We had a great headliner, Will Noonan, who I'm sure you know. Yeah, and I know Will. It went wonderfully, so yeah. I'm really happy. Yeah, Will is uh, Will's very funny, and uh, he's starting to climb up the ranks and starting to get some... Uh, some real recognition. He's very funny. He, I've had him on the show, uh, and he's just—he's just—he's really—he's a great guy too. He's so fun to just kind of hang out with. He is really awesome to work with. He's been so kind to me since I started. He's been very um, just really open with any kind of advice and critiques, and a very like gregarious, outgoing kind of guy. Yeah, he is cool. So who else? So you. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It's it's just, and I mean, funny. I mean, it's funny. And I just went through this whole thing about how music sounds very similar to what it did twenty five years ago. And you say, oh, I, I, these these headliners in Boston. And I, I'll be honest with you, I started doing some showcase work or open mic stuff maybe in the mm-hmm. past three to five years. But for a long time, I didn't because I just I work on the weekends. And I was like, ah, I'm not doing any new stuff. And I've bumped into more new people who have no idea who I am because I have no idea who they are. And there's this whole circle of, oh, this guy's closing or this girl's doing this. And I'm like, I, I don't know who they are. <laughs> I don't know who anybody is. So it's really funny. So who else was on the show? See if I know them. I'm just curious for my own benefit. Yeah, of course. Um, you had a great show. I had on Tom Crowley. Um, yeah, I know Tom. Jer Palopel, nope. um, Julia Clare, who's pretty new, nope. um, like me. We did like a duo stand-up act Did I be recently. That was really fun. Um, it was new for both of us. Who else? Um, Sean Clark. Um, nope. <laughs> definitely blanking. Adam Abelson, who's very funny. He's newer too, but really awesome. Uh, Wes Hazard and Krista Weiss and Emily Ruskowski. No, <laughs> I feel so old. Yeah, I, I knew I was old when I could. I knew I was old five, six years ago when I couldn't name Maxim's top one hundred. I didn't know anybody in the. And it's like the first time I heard the name Selena Gomez, I go, "Who the fuck is that?" <laughs> Don't like honestly. I'm so I'm 24. I turned 24 in February. Oh, you're so young. God bless. I'm you. young, but I still feel like I've already aged out of one of the core like kind of advertising media demographics because so much stuff, so much media and so many products are marketed to like tweens and teenagers. And I already find all of it totally like alienating and dumb. Like it makes me, it makes me feel much older than I am. Well, that's probably why most advertising makes me feel uncomfortable because it does. They, they advertising it so young. I'm like, I don't know anybody. Well, she sounded so young when she just said that. <laughs> you know, my listeners, now you be nice to Pamela. You be nice. You better drop. <laughs> God bless you. Did you just say God bless you? I did. Uh, but enough <laughs> enough about them. And I get, I get, you know something? I got like this ADD. I actually read this article. This is funny. Uh, let me. This wasn't part of the show. I just wanted to do it. They said that nail biting, which I am, I'm a huge nail biter, is, isn't actually a bad habit. It's a sign of perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen to this. According to the new study, nail biting may not uh, may not be an outward sign of anxiety. After all, instead, research suggests that the bad habit is more likely linked with perfectionism. Perfectionism. The study conducted by the University of Montreal. Well, they fucking lost our credibility right there. Fuck that. I should have read the whole article first. 
uh, was a test result published in the Journal of Behavioral Therapy and Experiment. Nobody's ever heard of that magazine. Uh, why do I bother? I should have stayed with the headline. Academic <laughs> journal, so that means like only twenty people read it. Yeah. <laughs> whenever it's released, you know. But enough about this. Is like the longest tangent to intro a guest ever. So. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's actually good to hear because I also bite my nails and I've done it for as long as I can. And I always thought it was a nervous habit and something I should try to get under control. So I've tried to quit multiple times and failed every time I always, I relapse. It's like yeah. a self, a self soothing habit that I can't give up. Well, so now instead of telling people I, I have anxiety problems, I'm just going to say I'm striving for perfection. I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. There's, yeah, exactly. You know, I've, and I, I'm meticulous like that. If something's out of order, I want it fixed immediately. And it's not OCD. Um, it's just meticulousness. And I like, I'm not really compulsive. I can be, uh, but like when my nails, like I've let my nails grow for about a month and a half and I was like, wow, these are really cool. And they were long enough. And then I would sand them and I would just emery board them down. It was be great. And then I'd catch one somewhere and I'd get a, a I'd get a, a hook out of it or a, or a notch taken out of it. And then I'd be like, it's not like the other ones. I must, I must, <laughs> right. I must make them all the same. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like a grooming, it's like a compulsive grooming behavior for me. I don't I don't know exactly why. Maybe there's an element of oral fixation. What I I what I need to do is I need to do something with my hands. Like I need to I should learn how to knit or I should color or something. <laughs> no. Oh my god. You yeah. you just went to the two extremes. I should knit, which is like 60 plus, or I should color, which is 6. Just <laughs> for children yeah. absolutely yeah um, i mean you could have just tried the target graphic uh, the the medium demographic just said juggle you just juggle just jug that requires uh, a <laughs> level of coordination uh, that oh. is probably not <laughs> real well. realistic for me i shouldn't say that i just i need something there has to be like a medium but i don't know i i just especially if I'm like watching TV or I'm doing something that's kind of like passive, like a passive activity, yeah. I just will, I'll eat or I'll bite my nails. And yeah. there's, that says something about my psychology, right? That I'm an anxious person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's probably a personality. Hold on. My listeners are just making all these very lewd, rude comments. My, my, uh, I have a few suggestions of what to do. Make cheese, LOL, home brew. I was thinking more like hot yogurt. I mean, it's hot yogurt. Is that the yoga? Did he mistype? Hopefully he mistyped. See, this is why I don't address that. I just don't. So, but Pamela, Pamela, so you, you've been doing it for about a year now. Now, were you, did you go to school for writing or you just, how'd you get into the right? Did the writing come before the comedy? I, well, originally, so I have two degrees. I have a degree in English uh, from a small liberal arts college. And then I came to Boston to get a master's um, at the College of Communication at BU because I wanted something wow. that was more professionally oriented. Because when you come out of liberal arts college, you're like, I don't I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the joke is I just graduated from liberal college and my manager at Burger King is very excited with my degree. Because <laughs> you can't, you just nothing. Because you, you're not, you you don't have anything else to do. Now you go for your master's, and you're like, okay, that's great. Yeah, I was hoping you could orient me and put me on some kind of professional path. I'm actually <laughs> job hunting right now, so if anyone has any leads, let let me know. But um, are you shitting me? You <laughs> you've got two degrees. My listeners collectively don't have one. <laughs> There's like eight <laughs> listeners. It's, and I'm even talking. I'm speaking for myself too. The only degree I have is in my medicine cabinet next to my next to my razor. Oh wait a minute. I'm sorry. Jason's got a Jason's a degree. He's a professor, actually. Oh, he's, awesome. Yeah, he's Professor X. He, he's he's a mutant. I don't know what to tell you. So, but yeah. Uh, so what job are you looking for? That you're in between. Is that what yeah. is that what motivated you to get on stage? Because I was unemployment got me on stage. Really, unemployment for me. It was like I, I'd always loved writing, and I, I love the written word, and I just find language fascinating and what you can 
do with it, you know, so it can be used to really great effect. And I'd always, I'd grown up watching a lot of TV, a lot of comedy. I was very into pop culture, fascinated by the entertainment industry. And then I started listening to a lot of um, podcasts my senior year of college, actually while I was writing my thesis. And it kind of made the whole process more bearable. And I was like, well, I've, I've written a lot of academic things. And I'd originally wanted to be a print journalist. But people told me I was funny. And I'd also grown up performing, doing plays, musicals. Okay. I danced, I sang, all that jazz, so to speak. And I thought, <laughs> well, I could, I could do stand-up, right? All you do is go to a mic. There's no <sighs> barrier to entry. That's how you start. So once I came to Boston, I knew there was a comedy scene here. So I thought, why not try it? Like, what? The, what's the worst thing that could happen? So... <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of bad shit can happen. <laughs> yeah, well, since I, <laughs> yeah. like in the time, yeah, in the time that I've been doing it, I've now discovered some of the bad things that can happen. But you know, never discourages me from getting up. It just is what it is. Yeah. Well, have you been up? Have now you're trying to get up all the time. About uh, this is I'm just curious. In your first year, about how many times have you been on stage? Oh man, mm, I haven't been good about. I haven't been good at keeping track about that, but I usually get up like three or four times a week. Really? You a nail biter and not keeping track? <laughs> I know. I'm surprisingly um, disorganized in in that way. Um, I'm, I'm especially with my jokes. I mean, I have jokes in a, in a word document on my computer. I have jokes in my phone, in my notes. I, I need a system. I see people with index cards and they keep them in these little containers. I, I should probably do that, but and I, I'll like speak into my phone and kind of come up with bits that way. Yeah. I need a better system. Well, it's I, I I do pretty much the same thing. I usually have this one master document, and I've got a, a tablet and a phone. I've got the voice memos on that. Sometimes I got sticky pads. I just write ideas down. So it just it as long as they're, they're written down. I I learned a long time ago write it down. I don't care how dumb or how funny you think it is, write it down cuz I I mean I'm I'm going through my stuff now and I'm finding stuff that I did 20 years ago that was okay funny and now I've taken it and reworked it so that it could be very funny now or at least pit, bits of it or pieces of it can be reintegrated. So just write everything down. Um there's a story he's my friend isn't on but my friend Paul we were driving out to Orange mass one day and we were cracking jokes in the car we said something that was so funny and we go oh my god that's so funny you should write it down and we went no we'll remember it and to this fucking day <laughs> neither one of us can remember it we probably have to be hypnotized and then try to fucking remember what we did but yeah the system will come and just keep writing it down write it down everywhere everywhere at all where's yeah. my volume there we go absolutely and i i do sometimes do the kind of, I don't want to call it old school. I know that's one of your pet peeves. You don't oh. like that phrase. No, I do. But I, it's only because there's, to me, old school is, is like, you know, it's like, actually, old school, I don't mind, but I hate the phrase back in the day. Really? Be because, yeah, because there is no, there's, it's like, my father had to, had a phrase in my day, which annoyed me. <laughs> And now people who go back in the day, like, what fucking day are you talking about? You're like, I'm, I'll, I'll be 47 this year. That's really not that old. My day was they landed on the moon, which wasn't that long ago. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like you would turn to that. You know, when I was born, and the, they had lanterns and there, there was no cars anywhere. And it was, you know, it's that shit. It's just, just fucking, you know, it's, but old school is not, is not as annoying as, and that's why that's. I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. What were you saying? No, <laughs> I, I do sometimes, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I go the traditional route of actually sitting down at a specific time and writing in a notebook. Oh, but I, I like okay. to use a lot of different methods because it helps. I think it helps stimulate your creativity and because you don't know exact, there's no one way to come up with a good bit or to write a joke. And so you kind of have to figure out different ways to like stimulate your brain and then yeah. see what comes of it. But it's so important to document everything, like well, not take any of it for granted. Well, you're still, I mean, you're still only about a year, so you're still finding out how you want to write, how you write your different styles. You're, 
I mean, a good, I mean, I found that most really good, I mean, everybody's really funny in the first few years, but until you really find out who you are on stage and what you can do, it, then the writing just becomes so much easier. It just kind of outpours, um, you know, there's, you're going to, you, you just, as you were describing, there's tons of funny people now. And some of those people are going to drop off and, you know, and then everybody's going to change. And some people that were funny aren't going to be as funny. And some people who weren't funny are going to be hysterical. And, you know, you'll explore that whole process. So, man, it's like I'm so envious. Of, and that's why I, I started when I started going to the open mics, I started meeting younger comics. And I forgot how how fun the work was. Mm hmm. You know, to to write the joke and craft the joke and do because I mean, comics when you work in the weekends, you tend to have a set stuff and maybe you throw a joke in here and there. And I had a a great conversation with Mike Donovan, who's been in Boston for forever. Um, and I said, well, "What are you doing for new bits?" And he goes, "Oh, I, I barely can do any new bits." And I said, "Why?" He goes, "You can't take risks like that when people pay. You can't just throw a, you know, you can't just throw a random line out." And I said, "Why don't you go to the?" you know, a showcase or an open mic or something like that. He goes, where the fuck am I going to go for that? Because he can't leave the house without making money. So it's catch 22. The bigger you get, sometimes the less funny you can be. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think one of the hallmarks of like a real comics comic is someone who is constantly trying to generate new material and is trying to get up just to like hone their craft more instead of, I don't want to make a value judgment. I understand that if you're supporting yourself through comedy, you're probably doing a lot of gigs and exactly you can't take those kinds of risks yeah. on stage, but you know, you don't always want to see people, the the more experienced comics just rest on their laurels and kind of trot out old material that might be kind of irrelevant at a certain point. I mean, if you're writing about topical things, those jokes usually have a shelf life. So, well, there's a ton of comics in Boston who, uh, who are just above my level, um, mm-hmm. who have been doing the same act for twenty plus years and probably longer than that, um, and their act hasn't changed. And y- you know, and I've done shows where some people still close above me, and <laughs> I'm like, nobody's what the fuck is happening nobody nobody gets a 20 year old reference it's like why don't you just do space shuttle jokes right right exactly you know i mean you can do some online stuff but i mean i've got jokes when the internet was you know essentially i I got jokes about aol which if i was still doing them like i don't know anybody's got an aol address i don't even know if aol america online is even i don't know if nobody anybody knows that america online is actually still happening so yeah, you're right. It's it's always that writing process and always moving and going and, and trying to improve. Yeah, and you know, it's I think the joke writing and the the performance aspect, those are like two different muscles and you have to work them out regularly or or you're gonna, you know, you're gonna lose them a little bit, you know. I mean, I know if I don't even get up for a week, the next time I'm up it feels like I'm a little rusty. It feels like I have to ease myself back into it. And I hate that feeling. It's, it's really uncomfortable. So you just have to be consistent with it. I mean, stand up is, it's not a sheer meritocracy. It can be political. And I mean, some people take years to develop. Some people are much better out of the gate. You know, everyone comes to it with a different background, but, and that affects their progress, but you have to keep doing it. Like there aren't really shortcuts. <laughs> I wish there were. <laughs> I, yeah, that would but, be great. I don't know why I chose to do something that was such a such a grind, but well, well a lot you know. of times, I mean, I've had comics, uh, some of the newer comics, uh, doing it under five years, and even when I had, uh, there was a room in Salem that uh, somebody was running, and I bumped into some of the comics, and and this one, I forget his name, but I talked to him for about fifteen minutes, and he was like, "Oh, do you know this guy?" I go, "No." What about this guy? No. <laughs> oh, they're big names, and I was like no how can they be big names they go oh and then i got the you're out of touch thing and i'm like dude i've been doing this for 25 years i know what funny is and i know what funny should be and i may not know this particular venue because i'm not locked into the you know online uh twitter following and all that stuff which i understand is super important but just because i'm not aware of it 
doesn't mean that it is the, the end all be all. And he took such offense to it. And he's like, well, you know, you've been doing it long, a long time. You're he almost gave me the you're you're out of touch conversation. And I went, let's have you do 45 minutes on the weekend against me and I'll see who's funnier. Don't worry about don't don't worry about who's on fucking TV first. Don't worry because I've been on TV. Don't worry about that. But there's there's this humbling thing, and comedy is one of these things that always can humble you in an instant. You think you're great on Friday, Saturday night you're booed off the stage, and and not just that with peers as well. And you know I I I'm always I'm always the only advice I give new comics is try not to listen to your own press because. You know, you're working with the same group of people and everybody else is blowing smoke up each other's ass and everybody's having a good time, but it's so contained. Once you go outside that area, you know, it's it's a whole different world and you got to take it slow and, and try it and one fit. And so what's my what's all the chat now? Uh, when is going when is it going to humble you? Never. I've been doing it too long. I've humbled enough. <laughs> Now I do it for a paycheck. That was an awkward break. But you know something, panel? Let's <laughs> let's take our second break. Um, when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more. Because this is, I love this conversation. We're having a good time. I'm out of touch. I'm out of time. And we're going to break. You're listening to Radio Regardless. We'll be right back. He gives out Christmas presents in July. Born 18 weeks early. He'll ask for the bill after giving a menu. He once finished the Focus T25 workout in four minutes. He is the most impatient man in the world. I don't often watch movies, but when I do, it's in fast forward. Stay thirsty, my friend. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. You know what today is? It's hump day. Woohoo! How happy are people listening to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia? Happier than a person with a hump on their back. Listen live every Wednesday to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia. Hump day! And you're back at Radio Air, regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And still on the Skype line is Pamela Ross. Uh, very uh, smart, intelligent, dedicated, and funny comedian. And you're not, you don't, do you choose to use the comedian or comedian? Like, comedian's fine, but comedian um, hasn't, it has a nice ring to it, but it feels a little, um, feels a little outdated to me. Yeah. 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 I don't feel the need to really gender it. I mean, I'm I'm just a comic, I guess. I just try to make people laugh regardless. <laughs> That's the idea, at least. The when I the uh I bore you with another fucking anecdotal story. But yeah, I I I've never liked comedian. I've I've never liked it because it's like actor. Actor is actor. And I know it's actress and categories but actor is actor it should be you know you want to get no she didn't say irregardless she said it's regardless i know i was gonna get her to say that before she goes before pamela goes we'll have a do a uh, promo but you know some um we've been uh we've been chatting it up a little bit um but i wanted you said you're into pop culture did i yes, did i hear I that right i'm a junkie i'm a i'm a big pop culture junkie and i've been that way for ages. I mean, I, I grew up wanting to be a music, a music and entertainment journalist. And I, now I've gotten really into TV recently and that's kind of what sparked my interest in writing for television. Um, it's just so it's, there's so many good, there's so much good programming out there and there are so many different ways to access that programming that mm. I didn't have an excuse to not watch a ton of TV anymore, which is a, it's a blessing and a curse. Well, most TV now, I mean, after the writer's strike, all the TV got really good. Um, yeah. So I mean, it, there's no the th level of writing is 
pretty incredible. And there's still a lot of reality TV being made, which is hard for people looking for writing gigs, but there's a huge amount of great original scripted television. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they do a lot, they shoot a lot of TV like movies anyway. And speaking of movies, um, if you're a big pop culture person, then you must, uh, you're, you're kind of leaning toward television, but how's your knowledge of film? I have to admit that out of music, TV, film, film is my cultural blind spot. I'm not a good <laughs> film watcher. And I, when I do watch a film, it's usually documentary, not narrative, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, that being said, we're going to play a quick game with you. And it's called If You Can't Say Something Nice. If you can't say something nice. You warthog-faced buffoon. Don't say nothing at all. Now, if you can't say something nice, I play a movie clip, as I just said, uh, as the intro suggests. Uh, and the clip is about somebody insulting someone else. And uh, there's only three. And the clips are uh, five, four, and nine seconds each. And you are playing against my audience, which, as you know, you're typing with them as well. Um, there are more of them than there are of you. That's your disadvantage. Your advantage, you and I are speaking almost instantaneous, and they have a delay. Mm -hmm. So you might be able to get your answer in, and you can just say it to me. You don't even have to type it. Um, will you beat them? So let me get my pad of paper, as I always do. I'm always late on the piece of paper. There we go. So we'll do... Uh, P for Pam and LA for listening audience. There we go. So, Pamela, are you mm -hmm. ready? Do you prefer Pamela or Pam? Both are totally fine. Okay. So I'll go with Pamela. I'll speak in the the uh the non-familiar. Here's your first one. Five seconds. Your vapor. Your spam. A waste of perfectly good yearbook space. That's a tricky one. I'll play it again. Your vapor. Your spam. A waste of perfectly good yearbook space. Your vapor, your spam, your your perfectly good waste of, of your your waste of perfectly good yearbook space. No, not legally blonde, not Heather's. Jawbreaker? No. I don't know. I'm not good with high school stuff. Uh, I was well, gonna say Heather's, maybe. I think Freddie Freddie Prince was with uh, Freddie Prince. She's Jr. all that. She's all that. I believe she said it right. That yeah. is correct. Oh, she's got one of the best. That is a one. Mean girl, she's all that. Ah, Jason got it afterwards. So that's one for Pamela and none for the audience. Here you go. Here's the second one. This one's tougher. I think my uh, sci-fi guys may get this one. You have the manners of a goat and you smell like a dung heap. You have the manners of a ghost goat and you smell like a dung you heap. You have the manners of a goat and you smell like a dung heap. <laughs> I knew Brennan would get it. It sounds like something from Monty Python. It, well, you it's Sean Connery in Highlander. Okay. Oh, so Pamela, you get this. That ain't right. That ain't right. <laughs> so that's one apiece. Here it comes. <laughs> it looks. This one's tough. This one's just beyond all my audience's reach, and I'm not going to give you any clues about this because it's the longest one. You're a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot. Your foul heart. A wart on the nose of humanity, and I'm going to blast it off. <laughs> uh, nine to five? Nine to five, but Jason got it before you said it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've never even seen that film, by the way. Really? It's actually... I haven't seen any of these. I just guessed. Oh, nine to five is actually a really good film. It's funny. It's, you know, Lily Tomlin's just great in it. But let's see. Let's see. That's my listening audience. So I may have to split the difference, but even if I did... Um, no, if I split the difference, it would be a tie, so I'm not going to do a tie. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tabulate the score. I'm going to make some decisions about the scoring. And when we come back, we're going to ask Pamela Ross the three questions I ask all my... It's not two... No, the answer was nine to five, not two to one. And we're going to third break. So we're going to ask the three famous questions. We'll be right back. Love food and wine? Get to know Salem Mass in a fun and delicious way. Join me on a Salem food tour. 
our five-star rated walking tour gives guests the perfect opportunity to enjoy an afternoon with friends or coworkers. Great for locals and visitors, our tours book in advance and can be crafted for your special event. For more information on our tours and to make reservations, please visit us at SalemFoodTours.com. To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Air Regardless hotline at 978-219-9294. So uh, I'm very green, I'm very new to comedy, but I've already fallen in love with it because it suits my lifestyle really well. Like what most people would call sneaking into an alley, she bomb hits of a dirtbag you just met. Comics call networking. <laughs> but uh, I, I can't say that I'm the most ambitious person. It's, it's pretty embarrassing. All my girlfriends, they want to be like CEOs or doctors or lawyers. And I'm still really torn between second wife and stay-at-home not mom. <laughs> and, um, I almost don't want to finish earning my master's because I don't want to be overqualified. <laughs> um, tell you a little bit about my uh, my relationship, uh, which ended Friday, but I haven't written new jokes. <laughs> and you're back at Radio Wear, regardless, with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And the, that was a clip from Pamela Ross's act uh, where she was at the comedy studio very funny um there's actually a ton more i had to i had to clip it down a little bit um and i had to excerpt stuff so i hope you don't mind the editing uh but i don't edit it i don't add the laughs i'm not i don't do like comedy central and just sticks a bunch of fucking laughs in there those are actually everybody's own laughs and those are pamela laughs very funny um so i did tabulate the score and i i did read some of the comments and the uh because the the listeners are very sore sports. I'm going to have to give it to them with a score of two to one. So I'm sorry for that loss, but it's not a big deal. So what are you going to do? It's not a huge fucking deal. Okay, so I will I will soldier on. <laughs> it's, you know, if you, if you lose any sleep as a result of that, I have no respect for you at all. <laughs> it's just terrible. Hold on, where is it? Did I, where can I find it? Is it, why can I not find it? Oh my God! Where is it? Oh, where is it? I can't find it. Oh, I gotta play this before I get into that. Oh, son of a bitch! Where the fudge? Oh, here we go. Here we go. You would find it. Because you lost. Yes, that's a special Willy Wonka remix. You get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Is the prize normally just bragging rights? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I forget one of the one of the guests. He was like, "I go, do you want to taunt the audience?" He goes, "No, no, I'm all set." And then he won. He won three to nothing. He's like, "You fucking take it." He was like, he was like vicious. I'm like, my God, what happened to you? <laughs> but yeah, you could. Very few people have actually won the game. I used to do uh, five questions, and it was just too painful to listen to them. They're going, "Stop it! I can't. I don't know. There was too much pressure and all this other bullshit." So, but uh, you uh, you did not by much. Yeah, I mean, two to one. That's not bad. That's you could have won. And the last one could have won either way. Could have been half a point. So it's you know the audience can't get too cocky. So they're just not. So here's what I'm going to do uh, before I let you go, Pam. Uh, and I do, uh, I, I, I have put it in the chat already. Uh, you can actually follow her. You can free stalk her, as I like to say, on Twitter. She's at Pam Not Anderson, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is funny. You don't, have, you don't like Pam Anderson? Oh, I have no problems with her. But it's just that she, Pamela Anderson is kind of the most well-known Pamela. Yeah. And when I was growing up, um, like in the early nineties, Baywatch was still on. So when I was growing up and I had to introduce myself to people as a child, they would say they would bring up Pamela Anderson or they would bring up Pam, the cooking spray, neither of which were really good associations. <laughs> oh, well that's funny because <laughs> do you know what the name of the show is? Comedy sticks to this Pam. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> you had to open up that old wound. I'm sorry. That's okay. You know, maybe I'll change it to this Pamela. Uh, then it wouldn't be as funny. 
Yeah, it wouldn't. The joke wouldn't work as well. Yeah, it wouldn't. I mean, I could. I think I try to think of a good title for all the programs, but some of them like they get too long, and I'm like, you know, I can't do Ross and you know Ross and Rachel and Ross and this. So I, you know, believe me, not a lot of thought goes into this show. I wish there was more. Fine. <laughs> so, I'm teasing. I do wish that when people thought of my name, they thought about Pam Pam Greer instead because she's awesome. Yeah, I was. I missed that that window for me. I was not a big Pam Greer fan. Not. I saw her in. Well, I saw Jackie Brown. Yeah. So that was like just imprinted into my brain. Yeah. I think one of the first movies I saw her in was um, Out for Justice with Steven Seagal. She played the cop that got shot. Oh, I haven't. I well, I haven't seen any Steven Seagal films. <laughs> You're the one. <laughs> With Pam Pamela Sue Anderson. Who's Pamela Sue Anderson? That's a quick little segue. Pamela. I don't know. Yeah, who's Pamela Sue Anderson? Was she on Dallas? Coffee. I don't know what coffee is. That's that's a Pam Greer movie, like oh. a like a black exploitation. Oh, Mindy, film. Mindy. Pam Anderson. Pam Anderson was uh, more from Mindy, Mork and Mindy. Oh. Oh, that's Pam Dauber. Yeah, Pam Dauber. Who the fuck is Pamela Sue? Why, again, why am I listening to my listeners? I Googled it. Oh, why am I listening to, I'm I'm not listening to my, I'm not, you know something, I've, I've, I'm not even looking at the chats anymore. Um, Pamela, two things before I let you go. We're definitely going to find out where you got coming up, but I'm going to ask you the question I ask all of my entertainers. I ask them both their first time, uh, their first times on stage or their first experiences getting into the business, their best experience thus far in the business and one or most of the worst experience they've ever had. So if you could, please tell me and your, my, uh, my listening audience, your first best and worst stories. My my first um, stand-up set was at a mic in Cambridge at the Middle East, and they do a mic there every Tuesday at 9, co-hosted by Rob Crean and John Paul Rivera. We're two, like, mainstays of the Boston comedy scene. And I heard about it online, and I was on a break from school, and I I'd kept putting off starting. You know, mm-hmm. I kept procrastinating, and I realized – it's now or never. I have to do it. So I wrote up, I actually typed up like on my computer, a whole five minute set. I would never do this now. (laughs) And, uh, did my best to memorize that while sitting at the bar. And then I went up and it was, it was great. I had a really positive first experience. People liked my, I did a joke about Pamela Anderson and people liked it. (laughs) I did a joke about, uh, Tyra Banks and my problem with her. Um, People were into that and uh, talked about my hairdresser and it all went well. So it was a really good entree into good. stand-up. And the second one is the, the best. best. Yeah, definitely okay. the best. You know, my best, I think probably the most gratifying thing was probably doing well at my first studio date. That's what the clip was from. And that was in November. And I feel like I've already already um, progressed so much from there. But it was just good to get up. I mean, people kind of put the studio on a pedestal for better or for worse. But so in my head, I was like, I need to bring it. I don't want Rick to think that I'm incompetent and I want him to give me more dates. He, he owns and books the studio. Mm-hmm. And I had just been broken up with. That Friday, and I was running on not a lot of sleep because I had academic responsibilities and I had my teaching assistantship. And so I was just generally stressed. And then it went so well. I was so happy with it. And it just felt like a euphoria, like it was the best natural high. Nice. And um, yeah, it was really a a triumph in my young career. But the worst, (laughs) we're talking. Uh, in the best story. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. The worst set, I mean, the worst experience I had on stage was, um, I, it was in a mic and it was the first time I'd been to the Kings open mic, which used to be, it, it's in Boston at like a, a bowling alley. Yeah. I know and Kings. it used to be hosted <laughs> by Matt Chaves who just moved to New York. And 
now Angela Sawyer runs it, who's awesome. But I just went up. I, I set myself up for failure, essentially. I went up. I had, like, notes in my hand, and I, which I try to not do because they're a crutch. You know, it's a little unprofessional. And I just basically rattled off premises that it was, it was, everything was underdeveloped and made people hostile and uncomfortable. Like I said that, I said that, um, I felt more violated by receiving, um, an Eskimo kiss that I didn't ask for, which is, you know, when you rub your nose together, you rub your nose yeah. against someone else's. I said that that felt more violating than being sexually assaulted and people got mad. Like, <laughs> It was just like not a good. I said that like wedding dresses should all be red. Like I, it was just it was should be red instead of white because of the hymen thing. It was just like a bananas. <laughs> it was just like a really gross, like weird set, and everyone in the room hated me. And then I cried afterwards. <laughs> like I literally called up another comic just to cry to him, and he was like, "You need to relax." Oh. That's, that's, so that's what happened. It sounds like my third month in a stand-up. I had a bad set, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is terrible. Exactly. It was oh a my real God. nightmare. But you know, it, but then my very next set was the studio that went well. So you can't. I didn't want to let it discourage me. Oh my God, that's so funny. Oh my god! Well, good, Pamela. And I'm glad. And I'm glad that I used the clip that you had your best set at because you you are very funny, and it's just going to get better and better. And I hope that we uh, we work in uh, in circles that we can you know we can actually be on the same show at some point. I'd love to actually work with you. Um, oh, you know, uh, be on the same great. show. It's you know, I'm just I'm venturing more for you know north and west and and nationally, so I don't. You know, in Boston, it's one of these things because I started in Boston. It's so hard to work in Boston and get paid to work in Boston. It's just, I mean, to do it right. It's just, you know, I mean, I, I know the studio is great. And I don't know if they're still doing like 25 bucks a set or 50 bucks a set or something like that. I don't even know what yeah, it is. Well, it's tough because it doesn't pay. I mean, there are so few paying rooms in Boston. Yeah. And that's that's the issue that, you know, and if you're at Nick's, you know, Nick's is a, a knife fight most of the time and. <laughs> I mean, not, not, not literally, not anymore, right. but certainly it's like, you know, it's a door deal or whatever. And they're shoveling people and, you know, and uh Dick's club, which I'll be there Friday. I mean, you know, it's, it, you know, you got to work, got to work, you got to work. So how about, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister, again, I just, why don't look at the chats, but Pamela, it's been a phenomenal show. So much fun. I hope you had fun too. Um, what do you got coming up? Where are you going to be over the next few, uh, the few weeks, few months, uh, so our listeners can find you at and Twitter and follow you at at Pam Not Anderson. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, follow me. I will follow you back. Uh, coming up on the 18th, I'm doing Battle Royale at Improv Boston in Cambridge. Nice. And my friend Sean Clark hosts and produces that, and he always gets together a great group of comics. So I'm excited to be back at IB. And the next day on the 19th, I'm doing the Boston Comedy Chicks Showcase at Doyle's in Jamaica Plain, which is a, a great show. I love, love doing it. And, it's not, an awesome and not just uh, ladies, uh, not just females in the show. There are also some men in the show. Oh, this one is all ladies. Krista, oh, okay. Krista Weiss's show is a mix. Okay. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the one I'm thinking of. Okay, which good. I've I've done that one too in Somerville. Great. Which, you, which, you know, comedy chicks kind of sexist, but we'll leave it on the table. So whatever. <laughs> whatever. A, you know what? I'm not going to turn down stage time. No. Because <laughs> I'm because I'm a real comic that way. You know, I've I've been on all women shows, and I dressed as a woman for that show, and I'm not. And it was at the old Comedy Connection at the Charles Playhouse. This is a, an ancient, hundreds of years ago. But I put on a wig and a dress and a lipstick and I went on and I actually did my act and it was funny. Uh, and we I had fun. Love that, and I'm interpreting it as <laughs> like a postmodern comment on gender performativity. It was. But I think you just wanted to tell jokes. I well, I you know wasn't the first time I dressed as a girl, so that's fine. And it, and <laughs> it wasn't history of drag, and it wasn't even the last either. So. <laughs> 
But Pamela, it's been great having you on. And listeners, go find out where she is. Follow her on Twitter and definitely catch her act uh, because she's just getting stronger and stronger and better and better. And she'll be coming to a place near you. And if she's not, you certainly go to see her. Uh, Pamela Ross, thank you so much for being part of Radio Irregardless course thank you for having me all right take care and i hope we, again i hope we work in uh we work in some circles together that'd be fantastic yes that'd have, be awesome thank you mark have a great night pam you too Bye-bye. bye that was pamela ross don't call her anderson she like she doesn't like that but very funny uh <laughs> had a good time on the show and uh before i let you guys go because we're running just a little few minutes over but that was completely worth it to be six seven minutes over uh thursday tomorrow I will be at uh, Chunky's, uh, which is uh, the entertainment mecca movie theater, technically. And they're doing a benefit show up in Pelham, New Hampshire. Uh, Friday night, I'll be at the Comedy Den in Boston. Uh, Dick Doherty's headlining that show, and I'm going to be in the middle on that one, which is which is going to be fun. And Saturday night, I'm going to be at Lots of Laughs in North Andover. And Mike McCarthy, the comedy barbarian, and him and I, we started around the same time, and he was out for uh, he was out in L.A. for a while. But amazing, funny guy, and I'm looking forward to seeing. Him. I have not seen him in about 15 years, so it's going to be great to be on the same show with him. And then, of course, Sunday I'll be doing a which I didn't put in the calendar, which I now have to, and I'll do that afterwards. Um, <laughs> Sunday I will be in Chelsea. Why, you ask? Uh, my sister wants me to do a benefit show, and by benefit means no fucking money, which is crazy. Uh, oh, and I uh, not just not just doing the benefit show, but we're doing a benefit show. We got a bunch of comics coming down. I think four or five, and then later that night, after I leave her, I'm going up to Pinatas, formerly known as Oscars Pinatas. And telling some jokes up there for the showcase. Uh, it's going to be just a, a really fun weekend. And then I go back. We start it all over again on Monday, I think. I don't know what I'm doing Monday. I didn't even look that far. It's a comic uh, joke off. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's a real thing. But I'm going with it. Um, next week is tax day, April 15th. I'm going to be calling random uh, accountants and yelling at them. Join us next week. See you guys. This has been Radio Irregardless, hosted by Mark Scalia, your non-standard blend of irrespective listening and regardless enjoy. Radio Irregardless was written, directed, and produced by Mark Scalia and broadcast live from Salem, Massachusetts via Mixler.com. I'd like to thank my on-air guests, courtesy of Skype, and all the online listeners for their comments. The Radio Irregardless theme music, If Only I Had a Pen, was written and composed by Derek Dupuy. All material and content, property of MS Enterprises, and copyrighted 2015. Thank you for listening. And finally, anyone who uses the terms irregardless, a whole nother, or all of the sudden shall be sent to a work camp.